Um, I did this last week. If you don't mind, if we could all kind of get in these two center rows, if that would be all right. I know everybody's already got comfortable. I do apologize. Um, I like to I like to scan the crowd, and it makes it a lot easier when there's enough for just to, to fill these two center rows here. We've already got an aisle runner, so evidently something something's happening right here tonight. Amen. Well, I'm excited about tonight. I'm excited about seeing what the Lord is going to do in here. I uh, feel a great atmosphere in this room already. It's just a great spirit in this place and uh, excited for what the Lord is going to do through us tonight. Amen. Amen. Well, before we get into the word of the Lord here, why don't we just take a few moments and let's make this place a house of prayer. Don't get in a hurry. Uh, let's just ask God that he would speak to us, ask God that he would minister to us, and uh, that we would remove anything that would be in the way of what God wants to do tonight. Can we do that for a few moments here? If you want to lift your hands, if you want to bow a knee, whatever you feel like doing, I just let's just pray and ask that God would speak to us and prepare the hearts and the minds of the people. Lord, I love you. I thank you for this beautiful night that we have come together to give you honor, Lord, and give you glory. I thank you for your word tonight, for it is your word, God, that divides, and it is your word, God, that root up, and it's your word, God, that goes forth and is the seed that brings fruit, God. So we ask in this room tonight that you would begin to minister, minister to us, allow revelation to flow. We, we need the revelation of the word of God to happen in this place tonight. Let us not just be here just to be here, God, but speak to us. Open our hearts. Open our minds, God. Open our ears that we would be more than just hearers of the word, but allow us to listen and become doers of the word thereof. Lord, we know that you are able to do all things, so as we come together with two or three gathered in your name, I pray, God, for your spirit to abide in this room tonight. I pray for the gifts of the Spirit to flow in this room tonight. Lord, we want your Spirit moving, God. We want to be apt, God, to flow in whatever you want to do in this room. We surrender our will to your will, our desires to your desires, God. We humble ourselves before you. Lord, we lower ourselves to your feet, God, and we ask, God, through a true spirit of humility that you would just speak to us as a people tonight, God. Lord, we need your anointing in this room. Oh, God, help us, Lord, to leave here better by the word of the Lord. Anoint me, God, as your word is already anointed. Anoint the listeners, God. Give me clarity of mind, God. Allow me to speak with clarity. Quicken, Lord, your spirit within me that I might know, God, what to say and how to say it at the right time, God. Lord, we don't want to do anything that is outside of your will tonight. We just want to operate according to the will of heaven here on earth. Come on, it feels good. Let's just flow in that for a few more moments. Don't get in a hurry here. We love you, Jesus. Come on, we don't have a schedule tonight. It's all right if this goes a little bit longer. Let's just ask God to really minister in this room. Lord, we love you, God. We need your anointing. We need your authority in this room. Lord, allow us to understand the word. Allow us, God, to 
hear the word God and it not be cast by the wayside or on stony ground or on thorny ground, God, but let it find the soil of which it can produce fruit in. Lord, we call forth fruit in this room tonight, some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. We need it tonight, God. Lord, we ask, Lord, that through this service tonight, through this moment with you tonight, God, that you would minister to this city, Lord, that the angels that will be visiting us, God, as we begin to break open the word of the Lord, that as we have charge over them, we would begin to speak them, God, out into the highways and into the byways, that they would begin to break strongholds, God, and that they would begin to minister, Lord, to those, Lord, for it is the Spirit that draws, it is the Spirit that draws nigh those, God. We need your Spirit in this room tonight, Jesus. We need your authority, we need your dominion. Oh, God, work through us tonight, Jesus. We want to team up with you, God. We want to yoke up with you, God. I humble myself before you, God. I worship you. I praise you. I give you admiration, God, for you are a great and mighty Savior, for you are a holy and righteous Redeemer, God, for there is none like you. Come on, it feels good in here right now. That's it. Get tapped into what God's doing. We just begin to praise him with our voices now. Come on, let's praise him. He is... He inhabits the praises of his people. That means he literally sets his kingdom up where his praises are being raised. Let's just praise him now for a moment. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, praise God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Amen. Amen. One more time. Let's just give the Lord a great round of applause. His presence is already here. Amen. Amen. The other day I was uh, driving with Jordan. We were on our way back from Plano, I believe. And we started talking about what we feel like is here. And... I just feel like that we have yet to really even scratch the surface of all that God's going to do in our midst in this revival. I mean that. And when I say this revival, I don't mean a series of services that, that I am here. I mean the spirit of revival that is capturing this church. There is a true spirit of revival that's going to go beyond any one man in a pulpit. And I just want us to catch hold of the vision of your pastor this is what he, he, he wants this place to be, an atmosphere of continual revival. Amen. So we've got to buy into this. You've got, you've got to give this all you can give it. I'm telling you, we have yet to even really scratch the surface of what God's going to do. And I just know that God has some beautiful and great things in store. So don't limit God. Let's just see what God's going to do. Don't limit him. Don't limit on how he can use you. Don't limit on what he's going to do in these services. Don't limit it. it just, just turn God loose and just say, I'm just going to trust you. We're going to see what you're going to do. Amen.
Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Ephesians. Yes, sir. Are we doing an offering? Well, if you have an offering, we're taking an offering tonight. So <laughs> I didn't know we were taking an offering. So there we go. There's offering plates to my left and to my right. So if you have an offering, it's always a great opportunity to give unto the Lord. Amen. Amen. I thought y'all was just up here cheering me on. I didn't know y'all were ready to take it. I thought I had me a cheer squad. You guys are just going to stand behind me and just get you some pom-poms or whatever those things are called. What are those? Pom-poms? Oh, pom. I call it the pom-poms. My wife is here, so she was able to help me over there. <laughs> Amen. Ephesians chapter 1. I'm going to begin reading about verse number 18. If you have it, say Amen. I believe they're even going to put it on a screen for us. Amen. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling, and what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Think about that. This is your inheritance in you. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe? According to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. Somebody say he's sitting in heavenly places. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come and hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to who? Somebody say to me. Make it personal. He gave it to you. You are the church. And he gave you that authority. He gave that authority of which all things are under whose feet? That's right. Which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, where in times past you walk according to the course of this world. Ephesians 2 and 2, if you're following along. According to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lusts of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh, of the mind, and were by the nature children of wrath, even as others, but God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ by grace, ye are saved. Now, I want you to read this last verse with me. And hath raised us up together and made us to sit together in heavenly places. Where are you sitting? In who? When you put on Christ, you take your seat with Christ. First Chronicles 29 and 23 then Solomon, watch this, sat on the throne of the Lord as king instead of David. Whose throne? Whose throne? That's capital, L-O-R-D. That means that they replaced Lord there with Yahweh. That is to say he sat on the throne of the living God instead of David his father and prospered and all Israel obeyed him. So we need to understand a few things here. You sit on the throne with Christ. As long as you are in Christ, you are on the throne and all things are where? It all goes back to what we talked about last week. When you are made in the image of God, 
and you are conforming to the image of Christ, you go back to his original plan with humanity. He made you in his image and then said, I give you power to tread upon serpents. And he says, I give you power over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and to have dominion over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the face of the earth. It's going back to that. As long as you are coming into the image of God, you have authority and you have dominion because you are in Christ Jesus. That's why it's important that you're baptized in Jesus' name. Because that's where you get your authority is being baptized into Christ. You are buried with Christ Jesus. Amen. Do we believe that around here? Amen. You don't have to clap and, and, and shout and dance, but just an amen if you agree. That's all we just to just to let the word know that you agree with it. Amen. God does not uh, intend to use people, as we said earlier, but he he intends to to team up with people. He intends to yoke up with people so as we sit on the throne in christ jesus just as solomon ruled with god as long as we are walking according to the ordinances of christ we have dominion over everything on earth because we are in christ jesus amen to be a ruler with god now that's what we're going to talk about a little bit you have to understand how god operates so god he is what you would say l e l he Reveals himself multiple times through scripture as El Shaddai, as, as all of these different uh, uh, things, but it all comes to this one word. He is El. He is Elohim. He is El Shaddai. He is El Roja. All of these things are describing the, the deity that is God. And we see that he reveals himself to Abraham uh, when he says that I am the almighty God. He's actually referring to himself as the El Shaddai. So... We begin to look at the word El. Everybody say El. El. That is saying God. He is Elohim. He is El Shaddai. El is saying God. So when you look at El, you have to go back to the very beginning and understand what it means. And I believe I gave you uh, the picture of the ox and the staff. So when you see El, you see this. You see the ox on the right and you see the staff on the left if you're looking like this. Now remember... Back in the Bible days, they read right to left, not left to right. So you see the ox first. The ox represents, as it says, the authority of God, correct? When you see the authority, when you see an ox, you understand that it is something of power. So on the right side of God, he works by power. And then you have the staff, which is the authority or the word of God. Now that is the left side of God. So we're going to get into this quite a bit tonight, and we have to understand... God is ambidextrous. That means he works with his right hand and with his left hand. So whether we realize it or not, everybody in this room is either spiritually bent towards the right hand of God or you are spiritually bent towards the left hand of God. You are either going to be used more apt to the power of God, the, the dominion of God. You're going to be probably one that responds immediately when faith comes into the room you're the one who's gung-ho ready to lay hands on the sick watch them get up out of wheelchairs and all this other amazing stuff that god does or you operate by the left hand of god now the left hand of god is the wisdom of god it's the knowledge of god it's the understanding of god Somebody who works by the left hand is probably somebody who's going to say, you know, that's good, but I'm going to study that out for myself. It's not that you don't believe, but you are apt to want more knowledge with God. You're somebody who's more bent towards the left hand. You're probably, uh, probably more apt to something like intercession. 
people that are more into the left hand of God, which is his word, his sovereignty, you are quicker to feel things in a room. So right now, there are people in this room who are operating more by the left. And all of this is going to make sense. We're going to get into it. So if it seems like maybe, what is he talking about? Just stay with me. So the left hand of God. There are people in this room who are more apt to feel things a little quicker. But through that, maybe you battle fear, you battle anxiety, you battle these things probably a little more than somebody who works by the power and the authority of God. So somebody who works by the right hand of God is going to be somebody that is quick to, they feel the inspiration of the Holy Ghost and they're charging in, they're ready to lay hands on somebody. I'm probably more characterized as somebody who's more apt to be on the right hand of God. Uh, when I feel the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, sometimes I move too quickly because I'm so charged by what I'm feeling. I'm more of a right-handed person, so I'm going to be apt to charge in. I feel God moving. And then you have some others. And, th and, and now listen, not, not one is better than the other. So we have to understand that. Just because you're right-hand dominant doesn't mean that you're better than somebody that's left-hand dominant. We are many members, but we are... So we work together with God. Okay. So, again, we have, to, we have to start. God is the head. Okay. He is the head. He is the chief cornerstone. And then it goes your pastor. So it goes God, pastor, man. Right? So when you begin to look at how the head, the right hand, and the left hand works... So let's just look at the structure with God. Okay. So God is going to be the head. Right? And then you start looking at people that work by the power of God. They're going to be more of the right-handed people. And then you start people that, that work more with the sovereignty. They're going to be more apt to teach than they are to preach. See, teaching is very difficult for me. Because I'm more of one of those who just wants to rear back under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost and preach. So I have to spend time in developing these gifts that operate by the left hand of God. Because I'm more apt to move by the power of God. I'm more apt to move by the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. Whereas somebody who is left-handed is going to say, man, that, that thought was good. And they're not questioning the word on behalf of, of saying, well, you know, he's a liar. They're questioning the word on behalf of wanting more knowledge. And that's okay. That's good. That means that you're probably going to be somebody who's more apt to break the word open. And teach a Bible study. Whereas somebody who's on the right hand is going to be somebody who's charging out into the streets to hand flyers and lay hands on people while they're out in the streets. Both are needed. You see, as we begin to weave together, you realize it's okay if you're power dominant or if you're sovereignty dominant. But we all have to realize we have a place in God. So when we begin to look at biblical examples of the head, the left hand, and the right hand, we can see somebody like Moses. All right. Moses was the overseer. He was, he was so uh, our, our New Testament definition, we'd call Moses the pastor. Moses was the pastor. He, he was the head of the body. And then you have Joshua. What was Joshua? He was military. He was power. So where would Joshua be? Right hand. Okay. But then you have Aaron who operated in the priestly role as the law. He taught. He, he broke these things down. So where do you find Aaron? Right. 
on the left hand of God. So you start seeing these things. You see multiple representations throughout the body. So again, modern church, let's take it to 21st century today. Who is the head? Your pastor. All right. Who is the left hand in the church? Those that are more apt to teach. Those that are more apt to move into intercession. Those that, that feel things a little deeper. And then you have the right hand. Those are going to be, like I said earlier, your evangelist guys. Those are going to be the ones that are ready to get out on the streets and coat, just, just coat the, the, the cars with flyers, knock every door in town, go on everything. Those are going to be your right-handed people. And both are needed in the work of the kingdom. We need right-handed and we need... Because when we come together, we are the strength of the body for the world. So let's start looking at this. You, I, I already explained to you, Moses, he was the head. He was the vision. He had the agenda. He had the goals. And then you have the left hand. You, you have Aaron. He was the priesthood. He was the one that, that had to break the law down. And then you have Joshua. Joshua saying, just let me yield my sword. Don't, don't make me do anything else. So then even God, watch this. So you have God, right? God is the head. So who's his right hand? Michael, the archangel, who goes to war. So who is his left hand? Gabriel, the ministering angel, who's going to go forward and, and, and minister to those that are in a time of need. So you start seeing the right hand and the left hand all throughout the Bible. So now let's look at Jesus. Jesus was the head. So who was Jesus' right hand? Somebody said it. Peter. Why was Peter the right hand? Because he was apt to cut the man's ear off. He was apt to be the preacher on Pentecost. He was, I'm Peter. I'm the man of authority. And he was the one. Well, I'll tell you who you are. You're the son of God. Right? That's Peter. Okay. So who's the left hand of God? John. Why John? Because John loved. He was more apt to compassion. He was more apt to work by the compassion of Christ. He, he loved the word of God. You read John's books and you see he loved the word. He was called John the, the Beloved. John the Baptist probably would have been a more right-hand sucker. He was the camel hair eating honey and locusts out there screaming, Jesus is coming. That's John. He's probably more right-hand. Apparently John had a really bad southern accent as well. <laughs> So, <laughs> who said that? That's good. John was the first redneck. I like that. <laughs> and watch this. Even the enemy, because the devil patterns his knowledge after who? God. So watch this. You have, in the book of Revelation, you have the Antichrist. He is the head. Okay? And then who do you have on, which you would say, the right hand? <laughs> you would have... Well, the book of Revelation talks about the false prophet. He's the false prophet. He's the one that's going out and prophesying through lies and all of these things. But then who's on the left hand? You have Now, if we have kids here, this is a biblical term. The great whore. She would be on the left hand because she works through perversion. This goes all the way back to the Old Testament. Watch. You have Baal, the chief god. Then you have on the right hand, you have Molech, the god of fire. Right? Who they would sacrifice the children to, trying to kill the next generation. And then on the left hand, who do you have? You have Jezebel working by perversion, perverting the truth, perverting the things of God. Yeah. So even the enemy has this same head, right hand, left hand work. Because they understand 
that it's in this right hand, this left hand, and the head, that, that is the structure that God gives the church to work by the power of the Spirit. So now, let's start talking about the gifts of the Spirit. Did you know the gifts of the Spirit are categorized in the left hand and right hand? That's why some of you are more apt to work by the working of miracles, and some of you are more apt to be moved on by compassion and go into the gift of healing. So we start seeing the gifts of the Spirit now being categorized into the right hand and into the left hand. Now, who's the head? Christ and your pastor. So if you're not submitted to Christ through your pastor, you are not operating in the gifts of the Spirit. You have perverted the gifts, and you are now operating under the enemy. So let's get that. Headship is the most important. The moment you come out of submission, you are perverting things. And then you are operating under the same thing that Jezebel, that same nasty spirit that perverts truth. So let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse number 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. Ye know that you were Gentiles carried away into these dumb idols, even as you were led. Wherefore, I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus a curse, and that no man can say that Jesus is Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. Now watch. These are the diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are difference in administrations, but the same Lord. Yes, sir. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all. Where? Yeah. Got to be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Yes, yeah. Worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit given to every man to profit with all. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. To another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To the other gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To the other working of miracles. To the another prophecy. To another discerning of spirits. To another diverse kinds of tongues. To another interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one in the selfsame Spirit dividing to every man severally as he will so let's start looking at the power gifts the utterance gifts and then the silent gifts in the category of the power gifts you have the gift of faith the gift of healing and the working of miracles on the utterance gifts which when god speaks through you you have the gift of prophecy diverse kinds of tongues and tongues and interpretation watch silent gifts is probably going to be the word of wisdom the word of knowledge and discernment of the spirits these are things that don't require your voice you're scanning you're looking you're learning now, I'm, I'm trying to break this down because what we're going to go to next is the structure, divine structure with Christ. We're going to go into how God structures revival. But before we can get there and for you to become who God wants you to be, you've got to realize, number one, who you are in Christ. And number two, that God is trying to use you in this revival. The days of preacher-centered revivals should be over. Because it's not about what Dylan can say and what Dylan can do. It's about the transfer from the pulpit. Because you are the feet of the church. You are what is shod with the gospel. You are to go out into the world. So in order for us to operate in these gifts, we need to have a certain measure of faith. Somebody say faith. faith. Otherwise, we will be afraid to flow with the Lord. We need first to understand faith. Faith is not mystical. You can understand faith for yourself. From the ancient Hebrew word meaning, the Hebrew word is actually amen, almost like amen, it, which means firm, something that is support, something that is supported or secure. The word is used in Isaiah 22 and 3 for a nail that is fastened to a 
secure place. That is the same word that the ancient Hebrew word you would find faith some. It's something that's firm. It's something that's driven. It also means a craftsman, somebody who is firm and secure in his talent. It also derives from another word called Emmanuel, which meaning firmness or someone that is firm in their actions. When the Hebrew word is translated as faith, when we get there, we have this misconception of the meaning. And we believe that faith is something that you're supposed to know. But the Hebrew word actually means is a firm action. To have faith in God is not knowing that God exists, but knowing that he will act. Knowing that he will act. Rather, it is that one with that firm kind of faith will understand that I will act with firmness because it is the will of God. I will act with surety because I know I'm acting in the will of God. In order to have firm, confident action towards the will of God, it is important to first know His will. You have to know the will of God or what He desires to do. Therefore, we need to go into this and start addressing some things on how we can work with the will of God in the way that we can miss God working with us. We shouldn't allow that to happen. We need to be in fervent prayer daily so that we can be sensitive to the spirit of faith that comes into the room and we work according to the will of God in our services. We are created in His image and in His likeness, right? So we need to know how to hear from God, how to feel the inspirations that God gives us, how to feel those little nudges in the Holy Ghost. He's not always going to be the loud, booming voice in your ear saying, Go pray for the lady on the third row. No. Sometimes God works in a nudge. So we're going to talk about this. All right. How do we as humans typically communicate? Words or a voice? Right. A written note? Sometimes. My wife, my wife loves it when I, I leave her a note. She loves that type of stuff. Okay, we communicate through others, right? We tell somebody to go tell somebody. We play the old telephone game. We communicate by body language. If I'm doing this, I'm probably not happy. If I'm smiling, my body language is communicating what? Joy, happiness. Or when you're really in knowledge or, or, or intimate and in knowing somebody, you can communicate simply by a person's impressions or their emotions. When you know somebody, I know my wife, I hope, and, and uh, getting to know her more and more as the longer we are married, I'm learning some facial expressions aren't good. <laughs> and others, I'm like, I did right on that one. And I'm also learning sometimes she don't have to make a facial expression. Sometimes it can be a ride of silence, and I'm just going to kind of, hmm, those, these, these impressions are, are hinting that I have done something incorrect. Watch. God operates the same way. We are all waiting on God to say, go pray for that person right now. Uh, they need a miracle in their third vertebrae from the bottom. And that's not what God's going to do. Sometimes God is just going to kind of say, and you're supposed to begin to inquire of the Lord. All right, God, who is it? Where are they at? Okay. Oh, 
Okay, and you feel that little nudge, that little impression. Okay, they're there. All right, what do they need now? Working of miracle. Okay, so there's something wrong in their body. And God will begin to use you in the gifts of the Spirit. Now, we're going to begin to talk about a little bit on, on the right hand and the left hand of God through praise, which is right hand, and worship, which is left hand, which gifts come into the room at which times. And we're going to really, the goal is before we leave here tonight for us to understand that when we feel something come into the room, we're saying, what's God wanting to do here tonight? When we come into the house of God tomorrow night and praise erupts in the house, we're saying, okay, God wants to do this. God wants to work here. God wants to work like that. That's where we've got to get. For this to get where it needs to go, for us to really do what we need to be doing, it will not happen by pretty sermons any longer. We need the body of Christ operating according to the gifts of the Spirit. So we begin to look, a written note. Sometimes God's going to speak to you through his word. What a novel idea. If we get into the word, God will speak to us. Sometimes he's going to communicate through somebody else. Sometimes he's going to use your pastor. Sometimes he's going to use the evangelist. Sometimes he's going to use somebody operating according to, to tongues and interpretation. And he's going to speak to you through somebody else. Sometimes he's going to communicate with you through body language, believe it or not, God's going to give you that little nudge in your stomach or in your gut, or you're going to feel that little churning in your spirit, and you're going to recognize, okay, something's happening. Maybe God's trying to talk to me, and you'll begin to inquire the learn and learn these things. And then you can also get to a place where you are so intimate with the knowledge of who God is, and your relationship is so sharpened through daily devotion and prayer that you can just kind of get a little impression from the Lord. And he'll just kind of say, hey, bud, and, and, and you'll, you'll, you won't even have to hear the voice. You won't have to get it through somebody else. It won't, you'll, just, you'll just start to know the feelings when he's in the room and what he's wanting to do. That's where we've got to get where we know him. So God begins to communicate with us the very same way. So as we begin to talk about this, we need to start learning the hints of the gifts of the spirit. Because God does not always communicate with us in the way that we are expecting Sometimes he gives hints or impressions and he wants you to begin to seek him and figure out what are you trying to do here. We've got to take the pressure off of the man of God who's always trying to figure it out. You go back to the book of Acts. Very. Oh, well, I need to stop there. The book of Acts, the church operated in the spirit. It wasn't just the preacher's job. And we've made a pulpit-centered church where we, we are show and tell. Preacher, show us and tell us. Or we're not moving. But in reality, God intends to have a church that is sensitive to the moving of the Spirit. Sensitive. Oh, you're in Walmart and you feel a little impression from the Lord. All right. Who is it, God? What do they need, God? Okay. And you're going to move according to the working of the Spirit. That's what we've got to get to. We look at Revelation 1 and 6. And he hath made us kings. Somebody say kings. And priests unto God. So when you look at kings and priests, you start looking at the right hand again and the left hand of God. A king is militant. Right hand. A priest is law. Left hand. He says, I will work in spirit and in spirit is militant. Right hand. Truth is law. Left hand. He says, I will work in praise and in worship. Praise. Power. Right hand. Worship. Is, is, is that place of left hand. It's that place of intimacy with God. Yes. 
So we need to start looking now with worship. When you begin to worship the Lord, it comes from the original term. When people would worship in the Old Testament or in the Bible days, they didn't worship like we worship. You were to put your face in the carpet and you were to humble yourself before the Lord. Now, there are other types of worship, yes. But this worship that when he gets back in the Old Testament, you start seeing where they would lay before the Lord. That was worship. True worship in the Old Testament was when you would humble yourself in giving reverence to the king that was in the room. That's worship. And when you begin to worship, you begin to feel certain things. Oh, I'm getting excited. i got to slow down. <clears throat> My wife told me when I get excited, sometimes I go a little fast. So I need to rein it in when I get excited and start explaining because I, I, I know where I'm going, so I like to get ahead of myself. <laughs> so we start looking at worship. All right. We begin to look that worship is humbling oneself to the presence of God. Worship is realizing that the king is in the room. So I'm going to give reverence now to my savior. And then there's the right hand of God, which is praise. Did you know that the original word for praise is Hael, which is actually where Hitler perverted praise. And it was the Heil Hitler. He took the ancient word of Hebrew praise and perverted it so that those people that he was bringing the genocide to, when they heard it, they knew that they were praising him like they would praise their master. Spirit of Antichrist. That's a, diff that's a different subject for a different day. But. So let's look at praise now. The word praise is an abstract word that has no relationship with the ancient Hebrew concrete way of thinking. While the word Hael is translated as praise, it is also translated as to shine. As in Job 29 and 3, when his candle shined upon my head. The original meaning of Hael is actually the North Star. This star, unlike all the other stars, remains motionless. Constantly shines in the northern sky. And is used as a guide when traveling. In the ancient Hebrew mind, we praise God by looking at him as the guiding star that shines to show us our direction and our path. In the first letter of this Hebrew word, Hael, we see, we, again, we read from right to left. It is the picture of a man with his arm raised as he is pointing to something of great splendor and beauty. And then the second word is a shepherd holding a staff, which is to say that when you praise God, he begins to guide you into his glory and into his beauty and into his splendor. So let's begin to look at praise and let's begin to look at worship. Just like back in the days when, when they would come into the presence of a king, they would bow before him and they would worship him. That's how they would give reverence to somebody in authority. Well, let's say, let's give a, a natural term for, for praise. When somebody scores a goal, what do we do? Yeah. We praise them, right? Yeah. Or when it's somebody's birthday, what do we do? We sing, we clap, we get all excited. It's their birthday. It's their day. We're going to lift them up, right? You're not going to bow down and worship somebody and give them reverence on their birthday. So you start seeing the differences between praise and between worship. Now, this is important to go to the where we need to go, because now you start understanding that worship brings in some gifts and praise brings in some gifts. So let's start looking at the different gifts of the spirit. Watch diverse kinds of tongues are indicated by what the holy hush that comes into the room in an atmosphere of what worship. So diverse kinds of tongues would be the left hand, 
Those that are sensitive, then in the moment of worship, those diverse kinds of tongues begin to come into the room. While people are worshiping, this means that the left hand of God is at work in that service. And there is a feeling of awe in his presence. Sometimes we feel a hush in the spirit and people become dead silent. That holy hush that we hear. This is God communicating with us and trying to tell us that he wants to speak. And we wait until we hear somebody what? Give the gift of diverse kinds of tongues in the atmosphere. And when we hear that, let out. We know that it's important now for that person to begin to work in the boldness of the spirit. When you feel that that intimacy in the room and God begins to give you those impressions in the spirit. That's when you know it's time to release those diverse tongues. And when you let that up, you begin to operate and you begin to project that word. And then what do we do? Now we wait on the interpretation of the tongue. And this is typically indicated when the, the, the speaking of the tongue is over. And then what? There's another holy hush as we wait for what? The interpretation. What do you do in between the tongue and the interpretation? Because that's where that begins to flow from. God is trying to speak to his people. And as his people begin to worship, God begins to move upon somebody. And the impression in the spirit begins to flow. And they feel that little nudge and God begins to speak. Now watch this. We need to, we need to hear this tonight. God does not give you the whole thought immediately. A lot of times when we're wanting to be used in the interpretation of the thing, we are waiting on God. He'll give you a sentence and you're saying, okay, but the tongue was like really long. So what's the rest of it? And God's saying, I'm trying to have you step out in faith and now trust. Because when somebody interprets something, I don't know if you've ever preached with an interpreter. I don't stand up here and preach my whole message all at once. I say a line. He says a line. I say a line. He says a line. I, and that's how God is trying to use us in the gift of tongues. When, you, when we are trying to speak and interpret, we can be saying, God, give me the whole thing. When God's going to give you a word and see who's willing to trust now. And when you begin to let that out, a boldness will baptize you. And God will say, that's somebody I can use because they were willing to listen to the nudge in the spirit and release that. And as you release it, God begins to give you the rest of the interpretation. Worship tends to flow through uh, the ministry of teaching of the word. This is where revelation takes place in an atmosphere of worship. So now let's talk about the prophetic. The prophetic operates in a mode of praise, exuberance. Any utterance of God, it, when, when somebody is under the anointing of the Holy Ghost and they begin to preach and prophesy, that's God working by his right hand. That anointing comes over you, that authority comes over you, and you start declaring it is so, even though it doesn't look like it. That's the working of the prophetic right there. Such as when a preacher is proclaiming the word and the anointing of the Lord is upon that preacher, he is uttering from the Lord and prophesying in the spirit. We see this like, um, let's, let's just say, for instance, we're, we're having an atmosphere of praise and, and the preacher is preaching. The anointing of the Holy Ghost comes upon him and he says, there's going to be 10 people receive the Holy Ghost tomorrow. He is prophesying under the unction of the Holy Ghost. He is speaking something that may not be yet, but he's believing that it already is. That's the prophetic beginning to work on that man. Then we see the gift of faith. Oh, I love this one. Let's look at the gift of faith. Where does this operate in? 
right hand. Are we getting this? Is it making sense? If it's not making sense, just give me a thumbs down and I'll back up. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> so we see that gift of faith works by authority. The gift works with the miraculous, which operates in an atmosphere of what? Two people said it. Say it louder. Why does it work in an atmosphere of praise? Because it is the right hand of God. So if the gift of faith happens in an atmosphere of praise and we begin to praise the Lord, what should be our next move as the church? All right, God, faith is here. What's the next move? Who needs to be healed? Who here needs the Holy Ghost? That's the greatest of all miracles is somebody receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. So we begin to see that faith releases into a place by praise. That's why we should enter into his courts with and enter into his house with. Because when you come in with praise, he says, when I be lifted up. He said, I inhabit the praises of my people. That means God literally comes down and sets his throne up where he is praying. And he kicks back and says, who needs something to be decreed on their behalf? And God is trying to work, but we don't want to praise Him. As you obey, it can lead and should lead to the realm of the miraculous. And we'll talk a little bit more about that. So now, let's look at the gift of healings. What is the gift of healing? Left hand. Why is it operating by the left hand? Because anytime Jesus healed, well, most of the times when Jesus healed, He was moved with what? That churning in the Spirit. Have you ever been sitting by somebody? In church, this is an honest question. I want somebody to answer me. Have you ever been sitting by somebody in church or standing by somebody in the altar and you look at them and you just feel like weeping? Raise your hand if you felt that before. Did you know that that was God trying to use you in the gift of healing? Did you know that? Because great compassion, God is trying to tell you, I'm working by my left hand. And the person that you just looked at, I've just given you a sign in the spirit with that compassion that you are to start operating by the working of healing. Now, the gift of healing. And you are to stop where you're at, lay your hand on their head, speak the word of faith, and healing will take place. How many times have we been in an altar call or moved with compassion and didn't know what it was? Because we weren't willing to step out in faith and let God use us. Let me tell this church something. I said it in the beginning. We have yet to scratch the surface of what God really wants to do in this revival. And until the body starts stepping out in faith, you've got to step out in faith. Sometimes you're not going to get it right. But at least you are willing to try. I'll take ten people that are willing to try than ten people that are pew jockeys. God is looking for somebody that's willing to be moved on by his spirit and step out and go. That's where we've got to get. I don't know how. Have I been going for a long time? You're good. Okay. The gift of healing operates by compassion. When you begin to feel that churning in your spirit, that moving of compassion, typically it goes from the gift of healing now to the working of miracles. And now you are to lay hands on the sick and the sick shall recover. Because the difference between the gift of healing is healing is a process. When God heals somebody, it doesn't happen immediately. It is a process of healing. 
they go through now a journey where God is testing their faith to see if they're going to believe and God will heal. Or somebody in this room, you've been prayed over time and time again and you didn't know why it didn't happen and you didn't know where in the world is God. God was working with you with healing. Somebody laid their hand on your head and they prayed the prayer of healing over your body and you started doubting the word because it didn't happen immediately. It wasn't that God was a liar. It's that it was the working of the gift of healing or the working of healing. And when you were hand, when somebody prayed for you, that healing took place, but you forsook the word because it didn't happen immediately. It wasn't a miracle. It was a process of healing where God is going to say, now let's see if your faith will stand the test of the time of healing. If you can feel this gift, if you begin to feel this, this now authority comes over you, and now you're operating under the working of miracles. When you feel victory in a room, that's miracles. Okay. When you feel compassion, left hand, worship. God is now working with healing. But when you feel victory, time to start doing the miraculous. Because not only is it victory over situations, it's victory over diseases. It's victory over infirmities. It's victory over anything. Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is So when he shows up with the spirit of victory, which is ushered in through praise, now you know, okay, it's time to do the working of miracles. That's when God instantly does something. Watch this. Have you ever been in a service where nobody was praising the Lord? Nobody. I can count on, I I can't tell you how many times I've seen this happen. And until today, I didn't know what it meant. And it's dead as a doornail. And all of a sudden, somebody just, And they just start praising the Lord, going absolutely crazy, just that one person. Anybody ever been in service like that? And you're like, what in the world? Can't they tell that we're trying to be a bunch of Baptists up in here? Why are they praising God like that? Did you know that that was God trying to get the attention of the body to let you know I'm here to do the miraculous, but you're so consumed in your moment, you aren't realizing that I'm here in my victory. So I had to move the only person that would move to get the entire body's attention to look at the one person that would be sensitive and they would begin to work. And so God moves the one sensitive one to begin to praise him with everything. And as they begin to praise the Lord, God is getting the attention of the body to say, I'm here to do miracles. Can I have your attention, please? The Holy Ghost right now. Before this night is over, you hear me. You're going to begin to work in miracles. You're going to begin to work in the gifts before this night is over. And there will be notable miracles that happen in this little revival strategy night. Because where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And I don't know about you, but I just felt victory come into this house. The working of miracles happens when victory comes into the room. And when you feel victory, it's time for you to begin to work by the Spirit. So we need to begin to understand these things. As you're praying with a person to receive the Holy Ghost, what are are you coaching them to do? Lift their hands in what? Praise. 
Because that's a miracle, them receiving the Holy Ghost. So they are to lift their hands, repent of their sins, and praise God. And as they begin to praise God, He inhabits. So if you're working with somebody to receive the Holy Ghost tomorrow night, don't bring them up here and tell them to boohoo and cry. Tell them to lift their eyes and begin to praise the Lord because they're about to receive the greatest gift that ever graced humanity. Well, praise God. Then we start looking at this, the discerning of spirits. can almost act like a sonar in a room. This gift can flow on the right side and on the left side as we begin to discern God's spirit in worship and in praise. Now, this gift is very important because you can discern what God is trying to do. And you can discern the true intent of people. And you are able also to discern the enemy. Here are some examples of discerning an enemy. Has anybody here ever gone, let's just say downtown somewhere, and you start thinking lustful thoughts that you wouldn't normally think that are not like your normal character? Or you start thinking suicidal thoughts that are not like your normal character? Anybody ever been in that situation? Did you know that that is the gift of discernment working in you and God is showing you who is the prince of that city? He is revealing to you. So don't accept it into your spirit because it's actually God showing you what the issue is there. I can't tell you how many cities I've driven into and start feeling suicidal thinking. And I'm like, I don't, I don't battle that kind of thinking. What in the world is going on? And I didn't even realize God was trying to show me that's who fights this city. That's what these people are going through. That's what the people in this city are waking up to and going to bed to every single day of their lives. And you are filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, discerning what is going on in that city. And you'll drive through and never even say a prayer. Discerning of the spirits is discerning of the enemy. Or have you ever been out, let's say you're out working in evangelism, you're out passing out cards, right? You're out telling, inviting people to church, and when you get back to your house, fear comes over you. Anybody ever had that? If you, give me a hand raise if you've ever had fear cripple you when you've been out working in evangelism. Did you know that that is because you were on the enemy's territory? And he's trying to give this demonic force to come over you. To shut you down and quit you and stop you from going back out into the city and continuing to take his territory. And then you have the discerning of the spirit of others. Have you ever been speaking with a person and all of a sudden these weird thoughts start shooting across your mind? Am I the only one? And you're like, what in the world? Did you know that God through the gift of discernment is actually showing you what is in that person? And is revealing to you what to pray for. I can't tell you how many times I've been standing at an altar. Looking eye to eye with somebody. And I'll start thinking these weird thoughts. And I'm like, that's odd. And then it clicks. Start praying for that. And you watch the eyes of that person will get about the size of a silver dollar. How in the world did you know that? You ever had that? So when you're in the altar and these thoughts that, that are not typically like you and you're looking or, or, or getting ready to pray for somebody, that's God helping you discern their spirit so that you can adequately pray for them and so that you can actually minister effectively. 
Because a lot of us just pray these generic prayers. Lord, touch them, bless their family, bless their home. And that's good. But God wants this group that is willing to sacrifice on a Tuesday night and come out on an extra service because you're hungry for the things of God. God is wanting this group to start learning these things and learning how to operate in the right or the left hand of God. You ever begin to talk to somebody about the Lord and you get so mad and irritated and you're like on the inside and you walk away almost like, God, I am so sorry. Did you know that that is actually God revealing to you that they have rejected him? Just a few services ago, not here at a different place, I was praying with a man and I got so mad, I went and repented on the altar. And it clicked in my head. He didn't want anything I was trying to break open to him. He was rejecting the word of the Lord. And so it frustrated me because it frustrated God. Because they rejected him. They didn't reject me. But I got frustrated because I was feeling the frustration and the hurt of somebody rejecting the greatest thing they'll ever be offered. I feel, does anybody feel the gifts of the Spirit in this room? Does anybody feel like maybe God's trying to use you? Right? Anybody, somebody in this room is feeling compassion for the person sitting next to you, and you're not sure what to do with it right now. You need to start inquiring of the Lord. I'm telling you, before this night is over, God is going to use those that are listening and those that are willing to work in what I'm teaching tonight. He's going to use you in the gifts. And you hear me, when this group right here begins to operate in the gifts, then we're going to get into divine structure on how to take this city and how God is going to use you to train people and to disciple people. The word of wisdom presents itself during silent times. The gift operates on the left side or in an atmosphere of worship. If you need direction from God, then spend time with him. And don't just ask him for an answer. Worship him until you feel him come into the room. And then start asking. And once you ask, wait. Get you a pen and paper. Because if you will be apt to listen to God, the word of wisdom will come to you. And he'll speak to you what he's trying to say. Elijah was a prophet that was a master of the right hand of God. Call fire down from heaven. Stop the rain. Right? Right. Isn't that what Elijah did? He was a master of the right hand. But then he gets a word from Jezebel. And he goes running under a tree. He gets divine provision, ends up in a cave, and what God and Elijah was used to working with each other with, the fire, the earthquake, the wind, these loud, boisterous things, God was showing Elijah. I mean, Elijah, there's another part to me that you don't even know about. Now I'm trying to show you, be quiet and worship me, and I'll speak to you in the still, small voice. And that's the word of wisdom. That's God giving you that word of knowledge. That's God trying to direct you. That's God trying to aim you where you need to go. Instead of inquiring of the Lord. I mean, instead of just praising the Lord and continually when you need that word of wisdom, when you need that word of knowledge, worship him until you feel his sovereignty in the room. Like that's here right now. If somebody needed an answer from God, 
I challenge you to lift your hands and ask him to speak to you right now because I'm telling you, he's in the room and God will direct some paths here tonight. You just... Oh. God's going to start tonight with what we're used to. There's a prophetic word in this room right now, and God's trying to birth it in somebody that's never given it before. You're feeling that great compassion that is giving the gift of tongues right now, and God is waiting on you to release that up into the atmosphere. worship until God speaks through somebody it's here come on it's going to start with a sentence and you're feeling the word coming into you right now and you're afraid to step out and what God's trying to use you in
we have had the tongue. It's time for us to worship and somebody needs to respond with the interpretation. God is speaking to somebody. You have to step out in faith and let the Spirit of God use you right now. worship him come on let's thank him let's worship him for the word come on there are ministering angels walking amongst this building right now to minister to the saints come on that's it I see some of y'all getting it now. Some of y'all are being moved on with compassion to pray for those right now and you need to flow in the Holy Ghost in this room. Come on, that's it. Do what you feel in the Holy Ghost. Be moved on. Be moved on by the Spirit. Come on. Jesus Christ. 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 Jesus
Come on. Now, we need to recognize what's in this room right now. This is that worship that we talked about. So you need to begin to move as the Lord begins to prompt you in this room. Come on. Come on. Everything we talked about tonight, God is trying to work within us now. Come on. Move according to the Spirit in this room. Move according to the Spirit in this room. Come on. Flow as the Lord leads you now. Come on. Feel those impressions in the Spirit as God begins to give them to you and respond as the Holy Ghost prompts. Itando Come on. Healing is in the room because there is great intercession and there is great compassion in the room. So you need to begin to scan this place and say, God, who needs a healing in their body? And you need to begin to flow according to the Spirit right now. Come on, move according to the Spirit right now. Who needs the healing? God, use me right now in the name of Jesus. Mental, physical, emotional. Come on. Begin to flow in the Holy Ghost Church. This is what all of this is about now. Come on. Begin to look around and wait for God to prompt you in the Spirit. And as He prompts you in the Spirit, you need to move. Come on. This isn't a what can I get service. This is a how can I be used service. Let God use you. The prompting of the Spirit is here. I'm thankful for those I see moving in the Holy Ghost, but they are the ones I normally see moving in the Holy Ghost. I want some people that God is prompting right now to move from where you're at and begin to respond according to the gift that's on you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, that's it. If that intercession moves in on you, God is trying to use you in the work of healing right now. You need to look across this room and see who God is trying to use you to minister to. Come on, that's it. Come on, that's it. Come on, that's it. Come on, that's it. Come on, according to the flow. Yeah. Come on, that's it. 
Come on, that's it. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, that's it. Come on, operate according to the Spirit. Again, I'm thankful for those that I normally see moving, but there are a few more. I see it in your eyes. God is telling you. God is stirring you. You need to move according to the flowing of the Holy Ghost. If you feel compassion right now, you know God is trying to get you to work through miracles or, or healings. If you feel faith and victory right now, God is trying to use you in the working of miracles. Come on. Flow in the Holy Ghost. Begin to scan. Begin to look. Begin to discern what God is trying to do through you and by you. Come on, yes, in the name of Jesus. That's it, that's it, that's it, it's here. It's here. Now victory is also in the room right now. I also feel victory in this house right now. So as we feel victory, we need to understand that authority is here. As authority is here, you know that the working of miracles has just showed up. Because the working of miracles is here. If you know somebody that has a disease in their body and God prompts you to pray for them, move according to the working of miracles that is here right now. Come on, let the Holy Ghost lead you. Step out in boldness. Move according to the Spirit. Speak the word of faith. It's here. This is what it's all about right here. God is teaching you tonight. God is instructing you tonight.
Come on, this is what the book of Acts looked like right here. They were ministering one to another. Come on, flow in the Holy Ghost. Begin to scan the crowd. Begin to discern who needs a miracle. Begin to discern who is God trying to speak to. Begin to discern who needs a healing in their body. And begin to flow according to the working of the Spirit right now. That's it. Come on, I rebuke fear right now that is holding you back. Come on, in the name of Jesus. Come on, minister one to another. Reke andarabohose. Come on. Come on, you need to pray the spirit of fear off of them and you need to pray a boldness in the Holy Ghost onto them. Come on. Come on, that perversion that has tried to attach itself to you cannot live for another day. It cannot live for another day. on that's it flow in the holy ghost let god use you let god use you discern the moment discern what's going on
Come on, that's it. Can we just begin to worship him now and reverence him for what he's done? Come on, he's not done working, but let's just reverence the Lord for a little bit. Now with the spirit of thanksgiving for what he's done in this house. Come on. If you're not currently praying for somebody, can we just begin to thank him for what he's done? We're going to seal everything now with a praise. Thank you, Jesus, for touching my mind. Thank you, Jesus, for freeing my family. Thank you, Jesus, for that word of wisdom, for the word of knowledge. Thank you, Lord, for allowing me to work in the gift of discernment. Come on, begin to thank him. If he touched your body tonight, you need to thank him for it now and seal that with a praise. That's it. If you're still praying for people, then you just keep praying. But if you're not, let's thank him for what he's done in this place tonight. We thank you, Jesus. We magnify you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Come on, don't be, you don't have to stop. If you're still feeling to go pray or go do, go and do. Don't let the praise stop you. Before we start leaving, before we start making our way out, if I can just have everybody's attention just for a few more seconds. If I can just have everybody's attention just for a few more seconds. How many believe that tonight God used you in the gifts? God used you tonight in the gifts? 
All of it is for nothing if it stays in this building. These gifts are for those that are outside of this building. Now, signs and wonders are for the unbeliever. But God performs them in these type of moments to show you that he's going to use you to perform the signs and wonders outside of these walls to prove to the unbeliever that now is the time what we preach is the truth. I don't know if I've told this testimony here or not, but just a few weeks ago I was preaching in Florida and I felt victory coming to the house and I said, working of miracles here, you need a miracle. I saw canes lift in the altar, cast lift, I mean just so many miracles. And this Baptist preacher was in that service, Brother Gilbert, and he came up to me. He said, we don't have that in my church. That, that doesn't happen where I go to church. We don't see miracles. God doesn't use us. And they're looking for the real thing. They're looking for the real thing. Just as God prompted you here tonight, he's going to prompt you tomorrow. And it's easy to do it when we're right here in the service. But what are we going to do when we feel that nudge in the spirit at Target tomorrow or at the gas station or at Walmart or when you're looking across the way from a lost loved one? It's time for us to get this out in the streets. Listen to me. God is empowering this group that is hungry. And now it's our job to go and take this into the street. I believe tomorrow night, if it is as powerful as it was last Wednesday night, if there's 20 people that need the Holy Ghost in this building tomorrow, 20 people are going to get the Holy Ghost. I'm, I'm serious. Hey, and it's not going to do be anything. All I'm going to do is preach the word if God lets me. It may just blow up during worship. But I want this body that's here. When you feel victory come in the room, you're going to know, okay, miracles are here. If you feel compassion moving up, God's wanting to do healing. God's wanting to give somebody a word. And then start discerning. Just as you did tonight. We have to keep this going. If it dies tonight, then all of this was a waste of our breath. Can I be real and raw? It, this is worthless. Now, God is wanting to use you outside of these four walls. This is just a storehouse, if we're going to be honest with you. We're only supposed to store what we gather in this house. The seed sowing, the reaping. That happens outside of the walls, and then we bring it into the house to store it, to equip it, to teach it, and then they go out and make more disciples. That's, that's the way it's supposed to happen. Now, we're not going to get into the next lesson because tonight had to happen before we could get into the structure part of it. But tonight, God used you so that he could keep using you. Not so this would be a one-time, I'm sorry, he teamed with you. Not so that he would only team up with you one time. On a, on a Tuesday night so that he would team up with you tomorrow and tomorrow night and the day after that and the day after that when you wake up in the morning stir that gift fervent prayer and be perceiving in the spirit alright God where you at what do you want to do who, who, okay oh, they need a healing let's go pray with them and God will start teaching you talking to you and you'll start getting stronger in these gifts Amen. this is what it's about this is what it's about for the lost to come to repentance and find Christ Jesus. I pray, 
I pray that the testimonies are, hey, uh, Pastor Darren or Pastor Gilbert, I just want you to know that, that I prayed somebody through at Walmart and got the Holy Ghost. And then you, you start discipling them, and then they come here, and then they go out and start making disciples. And then the next thing you know, we have to have an overflow just for Wednesday night service. Not Sunday, Wednesday. Can you dream big? Can you, can you take the, 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 the limitations off of God? And can we just say, God, if you can use anything, you can use me. He proved tonight he's wanting to work with you in his kingdom. So let's go out and let's work. Let's take, we've taken territory. I'm not going to say we have taken territory. That's what we did last week. We took territory and we set up heavenly strongholds. Now we need to go out and gather the spoils that are ours. of Jesus. Before we leave here tonight, I just want to, I want us to bind the spirit of fear because what's going to happen is, is when you walk out of those walls, fear is going to try to talk to you, try to cripple you because you operated in faith and we're going to bind the spirit of fear and we're going to release faith and we're going to walk in faith and we're going to come back in this place tomorrow operating in faith and we're going to wake up on Thursday morning operating in faith. And a year from now, you're going to be operating in faith. As we close this night out, if you're close to somebody, join with them. If you're not, pray by yourself. Whatever you want to do. But I want us to take dominion over the spirit of fear. Because there's some of us in this room that didn't do what God asked us to do tonight because fear is crippling you from past experiences. And you allowed experience to trump faith that is in this room tonight. And that's all right. God's going to keep working with you. But I want us to bind the spirit of fear. And that God would begin to use us outside of these four walls from tonight on. Lord, I thank you before anything for what you've done in this room. I thank you, God, for all of the work that you did tonight. But now, God, I take dominion over the spirit of fear. By the power of the word of God and by the authority of the name of Jesus, I loose that we would walk in faith now. For we live by faith, not by sight. I pray, God, that we would put Holy Ghost blinders over our eyes and that we would only see through the lens of faith. Let not fear and the accuser of the brethren, God, Cause us to stumble, but let us walk boldly in the spirit that you have filled us with. I speak boldness over this people. I speak boldness over the hungry. I speak boldness, God, that we operated in tonight for us to now operate in and out in those streets, God. Come on, that's it, it's here. Come on, that's it. Faith over fear. Come on, that's it. Faith over fear. Now can we end this with a great praise? Come on, let Jesus know we're thankful. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah.
going to dismiss a move of God, but I'm done. I'll just say that.